0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Minnesota Lynx point guard Lexi Brown of the WNBA. Lexi, what's going on? Nothing.
1: Ooh, that Minnesota Lynx sounds good. <laughs> I like that.
0: I was about to, was about to like say, that. how does that sound?
1: It sounds amazing. (laughs) Literally. I mean, nothing against Connecticut, but that Minnesota Lynx has a nice little ring to it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's just uh, jump right into it. So, I know your dad was in the NBA. So, what was that like growing up and uh, just moving around a couple of times?
1: Yeah, well, he was in the league when I was, like, really young. So, I don't really remember too much about it. I only really remember when he played in Orlando. Um, which was the last team he played for? Oh, I remember we played in Toronto a little bit too. I remember living in Toronto. I don't really remember like being at his games or anything like that but it was really fun um yeah we did have to move around a lot but we made Orlando home while he was playing um in Toronto I'm pretty sure so we were in Orlando for a while but it was really fun I mean he as much as he traveled he was still around like a lot and you know that's that was big uh for my mom and my family and we're just a really close family so for most of his career and beginning of his you know coaching career and front office stuff it was just me and my sister mm-hmm. so whenever my mom wanted to you know up and go see him or take us somewhere it wasn't really a problem but now there's four of us there was four of us so you know we kind of had to uh, stay put a little bit more um, while he was on the road but i mean we made it work and you know our family's super close and a lot of people don't understand how it works but it does
0: <laughs> all right and uh like when did you realize like Your dad was, like, in the league.
1: When I was young, I used to, you know, when you're a little kid, you love to brag about things that you had nothing to do with. Um, so I was little, wearing my dad's jerseys to school, like if we had, like, Jersey Day or something like that. If uh, we had to, like, present something cool about your life. Oh, yeah, my dad plays the NBA. Like, that's not about your life, Lexi, but okay. Um, so, you know, I knew when I was younger, I mean, even before I started playing basketball, you know, that was something that I thought was super cool, and I was very, very proud of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's dope. And uh, how'd you get to start playing basketball?
1: Well, I was just around it a lot. Um, you know, I tried, I tried everything. I had I dance, cheerleading, soccer, which I hated. Baseball, which I also <laughs> hated because um, it was outside. It was hot. So I already knew that I had to play an indoor sport. I actually played tennis for a while. I remember watching Venus and Serena a ton when I was little and I wanted to be like them. But again, outside, couldn't do it. Um, and then one day I just kind of picked up a basketball and I just started playing with like some girls that lived in our neighborhood. And we, we played in this little rec ball league for like years. Like it was just all the girls that I knew from around the neighborhood. Like no one really had basketball aspirations for real. We just loved each other and liked being around each other so uh, we just made a little team and we actually ended up being really good it took a while it took like two three years for us to get really good but that was a process that was really fun for me being on the same team with the same group of girls for like three four years and just watching us improve mm-hmm. um and then that was like around seventh grade eighth grade and then after that you know everyone kind of started you know finding their own interests you know outside of basketball so you know there was like only one or two of us left standing at that point point. Um, and then you know around 13 was when I started taking it like real seriously
0: gotcha. did you play like varsity when you were like in eighth grade?
1: I played varsity 8th grade, yeah, because in Florida, you can do that. So 6th grade, I played on the 8th grade team, which was like a huge deal. And then 7th grade, I played JV, and then 8th grade, yeah, I played varsity for the first time, and and that was a really cool experience.
0: You went to two different high schools, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I went to, uh, well, for my 8th grade, I I played at Lake Highland, which is in Orlando, and then ninth grade, I played at Dr. Phillips, and then I finished at North Gwinnett
0: in Atlanta. So, like, what was the recruiting process like? Were people, like, recruiting you when you were at the different schools and, like, other people came when you were at, like, other school?
1: Oh, yeah. So, of course, I I committed to Maryland the summer after my freshman year. So, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, colleges recruiting me at that time. Like, I was on a super good uh, AAU team. Like, we were stacked. Uh Um, So, you know, I got a lot of uh, attention being on that team. And I still wasn't, like, nearly the player I was, I am now then. But, you know, Marilyn, you know, saw something in me, which I really appreciated it. Christy Tolliver was and still is one of my favorite players of all time. And, you know, I wanted to be just like her. Um, so when Marilyn called, I was like, yes, 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 yes. So it was nice to be done with that process early. Um, and then, you know, jumping to different high schools, you know, it was a family decision for us to move from Orlando to Atlanta, and I was going to go try and be on one of the super teams that they had in Atlanta already. But my mom was like, you know, like you, just need, you know, do your own thing, you know, make your own mark somewhere, which I was mad at her for at the beginning. Because I was like, well, I just want to win state championships. Oh, uh. yeah. And she's like, trust me, like, this will be better for you. So I ended up going to North Gwinnett, where we had a pretty solid team. But we ended up getting like three or four girls move into the district to come play at the school, which was really cool because North Gwinnett really wasn't never our school known for having a really really good basketball team so for us to like you know kind of turn the program around for a couple of years was really fun and you know we, we didn't win a state championship but we got to a final four and we got to the state championship game which was really cool and a big accomplishment
0: for us yeah now you played at uh maryland for two years and mm-hmm. you went to two final fours you were all-american so what was like the overall experience like there
1: there. DC is a really cool city. It was a humongous school. So I met a lot of really cool people. The atmosphere was great. The men's team, like they were pretty okay. They actually they weren't that good when I was there, but they've they've gotten better since I've left. It was just it was fun, you know, I've met some of my best friends at Maryland that I still talk to this day. It was fun, but, you know, I made that decision super early, and, you know, I don't think it was a wrong decision. I still wouldn't change where I started my college career at all. Mm But that Big Ten move, like, hurt my soul. I hated it. And I just didn't like the way they went about it. They didn't give us a heads up about it or anything. The news came out the day after our signing day. And we all were like, what the hell? Like, that's messed up. Like, they could have just won. Because I don't think I would have not signed to Maryland. But it would have been nice to, you know, know that they were planning on switching conferences. But I had a really good time at Maryland. You know, it was just time to, you know, make a change for myself.
0: So what was the ultimate decision while like, you transferred?
1: Um, it was just, I just wanted my family to be able to be involved in my college career. So the first year, they got to come to like some road games because ACC, you know, everything's kind of close to Atlanta, at least in like the southern part, mm. like where the schools are. But like my mom and dad and siblings, they were never able to come any home games. I think my mom came to one, oh, she came to, she came like one of the weekends we had, we hosted the NCAA tournament. And I think she came to Greensboro when we played in the ACC tournament, but we only played one game because we lost early. So she didn't really get to come a lot. And then I really like having, like, my little siblings come to games, too. And they were never able to come because Maryland was just so far. Um, and then Big Ten, I just forget it. Like, they weren't at any. So the only time my whole family was able to come to games was when we got to the Final Fours. So, you know, that was a huge motivation for me the second year, of course. I'm like, okay, well, if I want everybody in the stands, we got to go back to a Final Four so everybody can come. And so that was a little fun motivation. But, like, when I got to Duke, my mom was at every home game pretty much and you know she'd get her car bring the little ones and they would just drive on up to Durham stay with me in my apartment and we would just have a nice little time and then she'd get back in the car and go right back to Atlanta but it was really important to have her in the stands um you know she never missed any games when I was growing up so I wanted her to still be a part of that in college
0: yeah for sure and what was like the recruiting process like different when you were transferring versus like coming out well I mean I guess yeah coming out of high school.
1: Yeah, um, more like when you transfer, you kind of have a little bit more control over your recruiting because you already have some experience under your belt. Coaches have seen, you know, what you have to offer at the college level. You see how teams are coached, you're older. And so you kind of know what you want and don't want out of school and on the team. Um, honestly, I did not want to go to Duke at all. Like, Duke wasn't even on my radar, but mm-hmm. my mom was like you're going to visit Duke because you're going to go get a good education. You're not transferring just for basketball. So you're crazy if you think you're going to go chase some national championships because you need to think about your life after basketball. So I was like, okay. So I went to Louisville and it was nice. I love Coach Walls. Like I was going there just for Coach Walls. Like he's awesome. But I was like, I cannot see myself living in Louisville. Like I just couldn't picture it. And I was like, this is not where I want to be. And I couldn't be number four because somebody was already number four there. So I was like, ah, "This is—I don't think this is the place." So we kind of were stuck. And my mom was like, "Just go to Duke Lexi. Like they really like you. Like they're interested in you when you were younger too. But you committed early, so they don't really have a chance. So like, give them a chance." So I went, and I fell in love in like ten minutes. So I was like, "All right, mom. Like you got it." But you know, the visit was a day, I think, because it was so quick. But I fell in love with the campus, with the coaching staff. I met some of the girls on the team that were on campus at the time, and it was really fun. It didn't take a lot to get me to go there, and you know, it's the best decision I've ever made.
0: Yeah, it seems like your mom's right a lot.
1: She is. <laughs> she really is. You know, mom's know best. That's real. Um, at least when it comes to my mom, she like knows. Like I, I swear she doesn't know me, but like, and we're not even like that alike. Which is the funny part, but, like, she knows me so well. So, when I'm making big decisions and doing things like that, I always call her. Even if I don't like what she has to say, nine times out of ten, she's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what was the year sitting out uh, like?
1: It was, I mean, I had, like, so much fun being a normal student. Yeah. For a little bit. And I think that's the thing that some people don't understand about transferring is like you have to be regular a little bit for a year. So if you're picking you gotta pick a place that you feel comfortable at and you know you wanna be involved in. So I got to do a lot of things that I never had time to do mm-hmm. um, you know, at Maryland because I had like way more free time. I didn't have to travel. You know, practices I mean preseason practices of course are always hard. Preseason workouts are hard, but once you know season started, you know, I was pretty much chilling in practice, you know, playing on a scout team, doing whatever I wanted, never having to run, punishments, sprints, you know, it was just really fun. I got to work a lot on my own game, you know, without being detrimental to the team. Like, I just got to do whatever, which I think is a huge part about your sit-out years. You gotta work on your game. Like, it's not just, I mean, of course, it's getting ready for the next season, but I mean, you have time to, to work on things that you usually wouldn't have time for being in college, so I, like, really improved my game. Marcus Hodges is a trainer out of Raleigh you know I linked up with him you know he changed my game like my dad brought my game to one level where Marcus you know elevated it you know I can't thank him enough for what he did for me in my redshirt year you know every time I needed him to come through Duke or I needed to go there like he was there so you know he was awesome and you know, I still work with him to the stand back to go see him next week actually before I go to Minnesota but I mean I want to say everybody needs like a you know how you, you take a gap year between high school and College, like a rest year, like it's hard not playing,
0: but you know, you can take your game to the next level if you do it the right way. Gotcha. Every time you say to this day, it just reminds me of that that meme with Devontae Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyways, but uh, so uh, with today's day and age, I know you probably seen like a lot of kids are getting like the hard transfer so they don't have to sit out a year. Like, would you have wanted that?
1: Yeah, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> I mean, how now it's like But
1: Finessing, though, is like, yeah. I think we might have tried one, but right. they were like, uh uh-uh, sit your ass down. I mean, it's cool. Like, I mean, I see the pros and cons of sitting out, only because I had a really positive experience sitting out. Yeah. And, like, obviously, what happened, like, the next two years, like, showed like how much work I put in when I was sitting but that's not the case for everybody, but I feel like, you know, you see coaches leaving, and they can just go hop into their next job, because, oh, it's a a better opportunity. I think there's such a negative stigma put on transfer kids. I mean, I feel like some transfers, you can understand some, obviously. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you leaving? And I'm sure a lot of people thought that about me as well, So you never really know what's going on in, you know, someone's life or, or anything like that. But I you're sitting you know i think it's it's good you know you have to you're new and obviously people are transferring to this school because they think that they have something to offer that the team is lacking. Like, you don't go to a team. Mm. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm transferring here so I can sit on the bench. Like, people don't transfer for that. So, like, of course people transfer. They will to come in, be the alpha dog and stuff like that, and you kind of just throw that into the mix of a team. You know, that could be detrimental to someone's team and to someone's season. So it's like you take the year, you get to know, like, who you're playing with. You get to figure out how your team works you get to learn your coaches because most transfers happen pretty fast you kind of just get thrown in so I didn't like sitting out but I like got to get to know my teammates you know you take the whole competitive side out of it you know because I'm not coming up to take your minutes I'm not right now at least (laughs) so it was like very genuine friendships and relationships I built with my teammates and the coaching staff and and the staff like that works with us like off the court as well so I personally I I don't mind the sitting out I mean that's kind of just the price you pay yeah. for leaving a school that you signed your life to pretty much <laughs> and you kind of like I need to go I mean, you know it's a tough year if you make the wrong decision if you can make the right decision it'll, it'll fly by and then it makes sense that next year you're more special you know people are waiting for you to, yeah. to get eligible and and your teammates are you know they're excited for you to get eligible so you know like I said it all comes down to making the right decision
0: yeah, I think it's kind of getting weird, especially, like, with the football stuff. Like, these people are getting, like, right away to, like, go play all the, like...
1: Yeah, uh, I'm just, like... I mean, I don't I don't even know how that process works. I know one of the girls that the Lynx just drafted from Notre Dame, she got eligible immediately, and we were like, what? She's really good. So we were hoping that she was going to sit and be like, they're, they're going to be okay. Like, she's not eligible. And then a couple weeks later, she was. We were like, what the... How <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. Hell. laughs> hey, some some people can finesse that and we're proud of them because some people just want to hoop and I and I understand that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh like overall what, what was your experience like at Duke and I know you went two time all American there?
1: It was awesome. Complete opposite of Maryland. It was super small and so everyone pretty much knew everyone. It's the, small, the classes than Maryland?
0: No, I'm saying well like what's what what's like how many people are there at duke
1: like the like i think we have like 8000 students oh, okay or something and i think that's just undergrad but it was like a really tight close knit community you know everybody like hates duke so you know we all just like stuck together closer to our do caters on the outside it was really fun it was actually a really funny experience you know how the guys come and go so fast you know mm, the one yeah, and done thing like that wasn't a thing at Maryland so yeah. I saw the same guys on the basketball team for two years and then at Duke I like saw like a whole new team every time I came back for summer school I'm like who are these people yeah. who are these people like it was just a whole new thing so that was different but that was like kind of a cool thing to be around and just the family atmosphere. Like, I just really liked it. And then being in grad school was a whole another experience that was unbelievable. It was so hard. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was going to die. But the grad students, you know, those are probably some of the coolest people, like, I've ever met in my life. They're brilliant and all from all over the world. So that was a really cool experience for me as well.
0: Yeah, boy. Yeah, I know you got two degrees, right? So what did you get then? Huh?
1: My first, my undergrad was in sociology, and then my grad was in business and I Duke at the Fuqua School of Business. They have like a 10-mark, kind of like an accelerated MBA. So mm. it's not really an MBA. So if, I guess you would have levels. You would have MBA at the top, and then this is an MMS. It would be like right under because it takes one year instead of two. But it was like just a little bit of everything, you know, some finance, accounting, marketing, just a lot of things that I did not think that my brain would be able to process. And it did, you know, I passed, you know, I made it through. It was a hard battle uphill battle but I made it and it's probably one of the things I'm proudest of definitely is getting through that business school. And shout out to my teammates. Becca and Bago and one of our managers, Aaron, we all got through it together. You know, we struggled together on road trips, late night study sessions, you know, all of that. So it was it was it was a tough experience but it was something that I would do over for sure.
0: Yeah for sure. Yeah, it seemed like you just got more pumped when I said about your two degrees <laughs> And uh... yeah
1: like a little dork. <laughs> For sure, because not a lot of people can say they finished grad school yeah, that's true. in a year, you know? So, I mean, that's, right. like, a huge accomplishment for me. You know, like, like uh, why are you so excited about school? And I'm just like, because, like, that's an accomplishment. And to be able to get it done on the court as well, like, you know, it's not something that I, like, talk about a ton. But sometimes I have to remind people, like, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah. You
1: don't know what I was doing my last year. Like, it was hard.
0: Yeah, you could have you just took classes, right? Yeah, I'm saying like it just took like, like bullshit. Yeah, to I could like, have stretched yeah. out my undergrad, yeah, for sure. But
1: I didn't want
0: to do here, that. Here, so. here, 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 here's a good stat I'll give you. Uh, when I looked it up when I was going to grad school, it was at the time, it was, I was like 2015, it was uh, eight percent of Americans have a grad degree.
1: Dang,
0: so so I think that's, that's nice I think stat. that's up. I think that's pretty good, right? Below. That's a nice
1: stat that I'm throwing yeah. around on people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an eight percenter. Thank you very
0: much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, so going into uh, after Duke, so uh, you knew you you wanted to declare to go to the WNBA. So, what was uh, draft day like?
1: Draft day was it was fun. It was a whirlwind, you know. It all happened so quickly. Well, for me, not as quickly because we lost or we lost in sixteen, so we had a had a little more time, you know. Get. Get my stuff together But it was really fun I was with like All the other girls Who were about to get drafted We had like A really fun weekend In New York Um, My family was there, which obviously is super important, but it was fun, like, getting your name called and holding the jersey, like, that's something, like, you dream about Mm -hmm. when you're little, and then to see my dad, my dad was like, oh, my gosh, over the moon, like, I'm like, did you get drafted or me? So, it was like, it was just really fun, and we celebrated all night, and, you know, then I had to hop on a flight the next day to make it to class, so that was cool, but it was just something, a moment I dreamed about, so for it to happen, you know, that was really and share with my family was the best part.
0: Yeah, you were the ninth overall pick. Uh, did you know the Connecticut Sun were going to draft you, or did like did you did anything? I had an soccer?
1: idea. Like you talked to some of the teams, so there was a handful of teams that I spoke to that I had an idea that I was going to. I actually thought that Seattle might have drafted me because they were looking for a point, but they went with Jordan, which is also an amazing pick for them. You know, she helped them win its championship, so I mean, amazing for them with that pick. And I know Jordan loves it there. So when Seattle didn't pick me, I kind of figured that Connecticut was going to be where I ended up, and, and it was. I um, mean, you know, I was super excited. I mean, like any team that picked me, you know, I'd have been excited for. So it was, it was just nice, you know, be have my name up on my first round mm-hmm. board. You know, it was really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I kind of already know what your answer is going to be. But what was your uh, rookie season like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a hot. I mean, I can't be, I don't want to be too candid about it because, you know, I still have so much respect for that organization and the team and the coaching staff. But it was just like, pretty much every day I was just kind of like, what am I, like, what am I really doing here? Like, what did you guys draft me for? And it was just like, it was a learning experience for sure. I definitely learned a lot. Um, you know, just being in practice, being around them, watching them, you know, James, since, you know, I didn't really play in any. Um, so, you know, I, I had to learn a lot from the side, which, you know, it was completely okay with me because at the end of the day, I just was like, I'm still, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the most competitive leagues in the world. So, you know, even in the moments where I was just kind of really down about it, I mean, I just had to remind myself, like, what a big accomplishment. The hardest part is getting into the league. And mm-hmm. I had to keep reminding myself about that. But it was a rough. It was a rough summer. Not gonna lie, Connecticut is super boring. You know, so <laughs> I was just kind of like just stuck in my own thoughts a lot. But again, you know, I'm super appreciative of the experience. But I did lose a lot of confidence. Very quickly, you know, you go from being, you know, at the top of the world, you know, your senior year, at the university that you love, the teammates that you love, um, you know, accomplishing things that, um, you know, you've always wanted to accomplish and then you get to the to the league and, you know, I was just humbled a little bit. Not that I needed humbling, but I'd never been in a situation like that before in my basketball career. So, I mean, I was like, you know, I'd rather have this now than, you know, later on in my career, you know, just, you know, knock it out the way a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it, it was, it was a hard summer and. You know, going overseas and you know, I just couldn't wait to get overseas to start playing again and, you know, trying to get my confidence back up, which I did. So, you know, I'm really excited for this for my second year and, you know, I can hopefully, you know, make I mean, literally I I can score like two points this whole season and that'll be like an improvement from last year. So, so, so you know, I'm just excited to to improve and, you know, show show people like what I can bring to the league.
0: So, would you think, I mean, it was it comparable to the year you had to sit out for your transfer year?
1: No. Because, <laughs> no. Because I, again, in the league, like, you get picked. Yeah, 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 So, when you're like, okay, like, they picked me, they want me, they 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 see what I have to offer and they like it. And then you get there and they're kind of like, Uh, we don't really like it. So, I'm like, so why did you pick me? Yeah. So the whole year, it was just kind of like a why, like a big question mark for me, personally. Yeah. I don't know if they felt the same way, kind of like, then, like, why did we pick her? I mean, a lot of people were like, why did they pick her? Because it's already a guard-heavy roster. So it was like, but that's like, that's just one of the the pitfalls of the WNBA. It's like, they don't, we don't have a combine. We don't have time yeah. for interviews. We don't have time for that. They kind of just look at what you did in college, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. Throwing it into the ocean and hopefully that something something works because they don't have a lot of time to you know dissect your game your your personality and stuff like that that NBA that the NBA has and that's just because of the time constraint but um, you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't most more, more times it works than it doesn't and unfortunately I was in one of the situations where it just didn't mesh but again. I like I learned a lot. So I guess it was a little bit like my redshirt year sitting. But my redshirt year, like, I was watching knowing, okay, like, yeah, I can yeah, help yeah. later. But in Connecticut, I was just like, I don't know what they want me to do. And I don't think I'm ever going to have the chance to help them in the way that I want to help them. So it was just kind of like a, a shitty situation. But we, obviously, they felt the same way because they got me out of there with the quickness. So, um. I mean, no ill ill feelings towards them. I hope they feel the same way, but, you know, it was just one of those burning experiences that you just have to grow from.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, another another stat I've been hearing a lot. I think it's 144. That's how many uh, women are in the WNBA roster.
1: Yeah. It's definitely, like, the most competitive league in the world, and it's not even close. And then you just have, and it's just so funny that some of our best players are, like, some of our oldest players. Like, in the yeah. NBA, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just as credit to, like, how women can just take, they just take care of their bodies and, like, the longevity that they have. On top of playing year-round is incredible to me. But, again, playing year-round, like, your, your body is always ready. So I think that's why the older players are able to, you know, just hop back in the league. Like, it's nothing because they just came back from pooping for six months, mm-hmm. you know, killing everybody. And they just come back and, you know, it's like they they never left. So I think that's really cool about our league, but, you know, I'm really excited to see what the future holds, you know, because I know there was a lot of players that aren't in the league that should be, but there's just not enough spots. So um, I'm ready for, you know, our growth as a league, you know, once the younger players are able to, you know,
0: find a spot. And what was it like playing overseas in Hungary this summer? Or- it was fun. Yeah, it
1: was really fun. Yeah. I was really homesick at the beginning. Like, I hated it maybe like the first month. I was like, this sucks. Like what am I gonna do? But my teammates were great. Um, My American teammate Rashonda, um, she just signed a training camp contract with the Liberty, I think. She was awesome. You know, she she's been playing overseas for a couple years, so you know she kind of took me under her wing to make sure I didn't lose my mind, and we got super close really fast, which was really good. But, you know, they you like uh, dogs over there. Um, you know, European basketball is not for the, the weak-minded, I can tell you that. Um, you know, if you don't love being in the gym, like, you're going to hate it because, you know, two practices a day every day, that's a thing that I didn't think was going to experience again after I left, like, middle school. So I was like, this is too much, but I ended up getting used to it, you know. I, I got a little routine, and once I got that, you know, it was really fun. We, we got to travel all over. Europe for games which is amazing Budapest was an hour from where I lived so we were always there um, you know, hanging out, exploring and stuff. So I had a really good time. I think I made the most of the situation. You know, I've seen a lot of players who just kind of sit in their rooms and, you know, watch Netflix and do nothing. But I like, I was like that sometimes. But for the most part, I tried to, you know, be out and about as often as possible. And okay. it, made, it, made, it made time fly, for sure.
0: Yeah. How did your uh, team do overall? Um, we were okay. Um, we started the season really well. We kind of hit a rough pass. We had a coaching
1: change mid-season. I actually got to come home a little early. Um, so they're in playoffs right now. They're in the semifinals still. We had, like, too many foreign players on our team. So, you know, they kind of were like, you know what, Lex, you can just go if you want. And I was like, shit, y'all got to tell me tonight. I will go home. So, you know, I miss them a lot. I mean, I do wish I was still playing and helping them try to win a championship. But they've been killing it still. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think this month that I've been able to be home was actually exactly what I needed mm-hmm. after, you know, a rough summer and then being home and or being away for so long. I mean, I couldn't imagine they're still in playoffs right now. So you really would just come straight from playoffs and then jump right into training camp, which yeah. probably is going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. But after the, like, rookie year I had, I mean, I think it was nice, you know, be able to come home, you know, just take a breath, you know, recuperate a little bit. And then head to training camp.
0: Gotcha. And, yeah, draft day was a few weeks ago, and you got traded to the Minnesota Lynx. So how did you find out, and what was your reaction?
1: Um, I had known that I was going to get traded for I mean, for a while now. Um, it was just a matter of like when it was going to happen. I was actually at the Atlanta Hawks game with my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, my agent called me when we were like walking in, and she's like, you're about to get traded. So I was like, oh, my God, yes, thank you. But she's like, I don't know what team yet. So she's like, just stay by your phone. So, like, maybe 20 minutes later, she called me. She's like, yeah, you're getting traded to the Lynx, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was super excited. You know, that team, you know, they just have a history of greatness, which is awesome. Then they started on the TV, so you know, everyone's, like, texting me, like, yo, you know you got traded? i like, yes. Mm-hmm. What? Like why would I why would I not know that? Like so, um, it was really fun. I'm like, oh, it was like draft day all over again, you know, I'm yeah. going up my phone and stuff like that. You know, you don't really get congratulated on a trade. <laughs> but and everyone everyone knew, you know, my dad started a hashtag last summer, Freelex, like he's a fool for that. But you know, everyone was like tweeting me that, sending me posts saying free legs and stuff like that so that was Mm -hmm. really funny but it was a good feeling you know to know that you know there were other teams and other coaches that you know still saw potential in me after you know the somewhat disappointing season i had last summer so it was like it was good and you know i feel like i have a fresh start so i'm really excited
0: so what are your goals this season and do you feel like you're uh like under the radar
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, now, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say there's pressure, but, you know, a lot of people were just like, you didn't, you know, get a chance, you know, to show. So, like, I don't want to get out there and, and be trash bags. So, you know, I feel like there is a little bit of pressure now that, you know, I do need to prove that, you know, there is a spot for me in this league and I belong in this league. I um, mean, you know, I just want to help them win games. And that's all I want to do. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, a star or, you know, take all the shots or, you know, have all the spotlight or anything like that because they're already a well-oiled machine. You know, I just want to do what I can to help. You know, one of my new goals is I just want to be one of the best shooters in the league. You know, I don't want to just pigeonhole myself to be a shooter. But, you know, if I can be really good at one thing in this league, I think it's, you know, being a shooter. You know, off the bounce, you know, off the catch. I'm really good at running off the screens. So, you know, I just want to do things like that. Just showcase, you know, what I've been working on the whole year.
0: Gotcha. And they came out with a new logo, a new jersey design. So what are your thoughts on those?
1: I mean, of course, a big AT&T, you know, like, but, you know, it's necessary. And we could have worse logos in the front of our jerseys. But I like how they have the team logos on the front now, too. That are big as well. Um, I like them, you know. I'm back in blue, so that's a good sign. I love our Duke jerseys, so you know, to be back in blue is awesome. But I think all the jerseys look really good. Um, I think Nike does a really good job with our uniforms, for sure.
0: Uh, what about the logo? Our logo? The new? No, no, the new WNBA logo.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not gonna say that I love it. Like I don't hate it, but I'm just like, why <laughs> is it so plain? Yeah. Like it's just black and white.
0: Yeah, that's but how, I But I do want to know first.
1: who the person is. That looks like Candace Parker to me. I don't think could could say,
0: I don't think they'll say it if it is somebody.
1: They need to say one day because a lot of people think it's Candace Parker. Because that yeah. the freaking player, she's like long as hell. <laughs> so I'm like, who is that? It's not a guard, apparently. But it's cool. I mean, I think it's cool that they're trying to, you know, go through this little rebrand. So I mean I think that's a good sign for the league that they're they're willing to make big changes and dramatic changes like that. I just wish we could get a freaking president yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. i worry I right like... about logos. We don't
0: have a president. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. I like the jerseys last year better. You do? Yeah. There's I no think, number on I the front. Don't
1: like, I just don't like the big AT&T on the bottom.
0: But I'm saying there's no numbers on the front now. Uh,
1: <laughs> I guess. You know, I don't pay attention to things like that. My my eye went straight to the AT&T logo, and I was just like, damn it. Well, well, well
0: they're, they're happy about that, then.
1: <sighs> but, I mean, I guess I prefer, I don't know if I'd rather have the numbers on the front or the pictures. I mean, if you have a cool logo, like, we, our logo's pretty cool, but some other teams have some. Not as cool, logo, so I'm sure they prefer numbers, but I guess we'll just kind of have to see. I'll let you know when we yeah, get them and I put them on, <laughs> and I'll let you know how I feel about
0: them. Are you ready for some fun questions?
1: Oh, geez, yes. <laughs> All
0: right, well, this one I just came up with when you were talking about why do, you, why do you wear four? Four, um, uh, my dad wore four in college, right. so
1: yeah, so you know, you can't, he was seven, obviously, professionally, you can't wear seven, um, in high school and in college, so. We went with his college number,
0: and, you know, it just stuck. So we all are number four. Gotcha. Yeah, and bringing up your dad again, he was a WNBA coach one time. Would you want him to coach you in WNBA? <laughs> no. <Nope.
1: laughs> Stay on your side. <laughs> Stay over there. <laughs> no way. No. He stopped coaching me when I was young. You know, he, he, he knew when it was time to bow out.
0: Yeah, gotcha. All right, what about, <laughs> what about three jerseys that you want that you don't own?
1: Three jerseys that I want, that I, I'll Kaepernick jersey. Um,
0: like which one, though? Any of them. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, just one with his name on it. Um, a Dame Lillard jersey and a Kobe Bryant jersey. 24, not
0: eight. <laughs> what's, the, what's the worst question a reporter could ask you after the, a game?
1: After a loss, how do you feel? What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? How do I feel? We just lost, especially if it's a game that you shouldn't have lost. Oh, my gosh. Like, how do you think I feel? Oh, like I remember well, this was a Of course they're going to ask. So my junior year, we played Louisville. They set up their play. It was after halftime and they set up their play going the, uh, the wrong way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we were guarding our own basket <laughs> and they went and got a wide open layup. So at the end, at, at the, we ended up winning the game, but the press conference, they're like, so like, what happened? Like, like we did it on purpose. Like we didn't do it on, we're like, they set up the wrong offense. They set up on the wrong end of the floor. We got, got like simple. There's no explanation for that. Like you saw what happened. We didn't do it on purpose, but they got us. We got on SportsCenter, everything. Ah, good times. <laughs> How
0: do you? <laughs> How do you feel about when randoms ask you to play one-on-one?
1: <laughs> I want to punch them in the face. Like, no. I don't want to play one-on-one. Like, would you? You see freaking Steph Curry on the street. Are you going to ask him to play one-on-one? No. Especially, like, grown-ass men. I do not want to play you one-on-one. And I don't want to play you for my heart either. So don't even ask that. I get that as that more than just playing one on one. And oh, it's so annoying. Like I, I, I don't want to play one on one. I'm
0: I had, sorry. I had to bring I had to bring it up. Of course. It's <laughs> The worst. Alright, this this one this one's a good one. Are you ready? Yeah. Alright, no no more Chick-fil-A for life oh. or or you find your soulmate. Oh. <laughs>
1: My mindset right now is I need Chick-fil-A more than a song oh, right. today. Just today. You could ask me in a couple months. My mind might change. But right now, it's Chick-fil-A over everything.
0: Did you like that? Do you, <laughs> you like that one?
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> Last one, what's what's something uh people might not know about you? Oh,
1: let's see. Something that people might not know about me. I don't know. I like watching like weird TV shows. Like, I mean, they're not weird because obviously a lot of people watch them. But I like watching like like documentaries, like series. So, like my Six Hundred Pound Life. Like, I love local show.
0: I was about to say.
1: Deporters.
0: I was about to say documentaries aren't weird, and then you said Six Hundred Pound Life. So. <laughs>
1: Weird, but it's just kind of like, like, people are like, Lexi, how do you watch this?
0: You ever seen like the I'm weird, like, you ever seen like the weird, like, fetish videos they had on like Facebook, and the lady was like obsessed with like eating diapers?
1: Yes, like, what is it? My Strange Addiction. Yeah, I love that
0: show, too. Like, there was an
1: episode where a lady, where a guy, like, peed in cups, and he would drink it, and he would, like, bathe in it, and it was disgusting, and I couldn't stop watching it. And there was another episode where a guy was, had a house full of inflatables, and he was in love with them. Oh, and this is the best one. There was a guy who had a fetish for balloons. So he would go he would go to um car dealerships and like he said he was rescuing the balloons oh that they had outside. No. Yeah. So you know, I really like shows like that. And then my six hundred pound life, it's it's just funny because you know, they're like obviously they're like unhealthy. So it's like not a funny show. Like I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's really sad. But there's like moments in the show that they're like talking about food and I'm like same. I feel the same way. Like, the guy I was watching the other day, he was like, when I'm eating breakfast, I think about what I'm eating for dinner. And I was like, I do the same exact thing. (laughs) So, I'm like, I I like watching those shows because, one, I'm just like, it's just as crazy, like, how someone can get that big. And I'm just like, what? But then I'm just like, food is like, that's real. Like, people really love food. Like I, under, like, I understand them, yeah, sure but you. I don't understand how they can get that healthy, so that part is really sad, but, yeah, I make all my friends watch it with me, and they, then they end up liking it, so, because you want the people, like, lose weight and stuff, it's, like, awesome to see, so, yeah, I put a lot of people on some weird shows like that. De-
0: definitely some interesting stuff. Well, I appreciate, <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: Instagram, Lexi Brown four. And Twitter, Lexi Kaya underscore four. Follow me on Instagram though. That's my fave.
0: <laughs> well, appreciate it and good luck this season.
1: Thank you so much.